Dear sports fans, elevate your game to the next level with a Toyota truck. Drive the crowd favorite Tacoma. This versatile playmaker is ready to own the weekend. Choose the tailgating MVP, the Toyota Tundra. This is one vehicle that comes up clutch. Or ride in the adventurous 4Runner, a true champion on and off the road. Whichever truck you choose, you're getting a real winner. Come join the team of champions, Toyota Trucks. Visit Toyota.com to learn more or check out your local Toyota dealership today. Toyota, let's go places. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. All right, before we get started, you guys may or may not know that taking care of your teeth is pretty important. And our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group are actually giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. That's right, you simply have to take care of your teeth for Green Mountain Dental Group to hand over a free Sonicare. Check them out today online, or you can call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today. Going to the dentist tomorrow. I went just last week. Did you really? Wow. A little, little Tentus talk here on the uh, DNVR Nuggets podcast. Welcome in, everybody. Recording live from Blake Street Tavern, DNVR Nuggets podcast. I'm joined by my esteemed colleague, Harrison Wind. The, uh, the site of the first ever DNVR Nuggets live show. That's right. It was this, the yeah. site of that. We need another one. We need it on the docket. Also joined by my less, less esteemed colleague, Eric Weedham. I'm just happy I got the colleague uh, title. <laughs> I don't care what level I'm at. That just felt good to hear. Well, it was good. It didn't feel so good to say. But um, <laughs> what also didn't feel good was watching the Denver Nuggets collapse. Not really collapse. The, collapse. It was a little collapse. It was a, a forty-one of a point collapse, fourth yeah. quarter. Yeah. Um, to watch them fall to the Indiana Pacers, a good team, a very good team. In fact, I would go as far as to say that they are the Denver Nuggets of the Eastern Conference. Would you agree? I would agree. Uh, play good team basketball, have a European big man, don't get any national coverage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't get any coverage. <laughs> that, that, and whenever people ask me, like, why aren't people talking about the Nuggets more? I'm always like, well, are you talking about the Pacers at all? Like, well, yeah. well the Pacers yeah. aren't good. Yeah, they suck. A lot of hot magic talk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not a lot of hot magic talk. Um, but this game, I mean, I don't even know where to start with this one. Um, the collapse down the stretch was the reason that they lost. And when I say collapse, they, they get outscored in the fourth quarter, 41-26. to 26. They get outscored by 15 points in the fourth. That counts as a collapse. Mm-hmm. That does count as a collapse. Um, but really, I think the story for me was that this Nuggets team shot 3 of 23 from the three-point line. One of those was Torrey Craig. Two of those were Nikola Jokic, which means zero of those were Jeremy Grant, Will Barton, Monte Morris, Michael Porter Jr., Wancho Renan Gomez or Malik Beasley? The Wancho one is the most shocking. <laughs> is it? <laughs> no, it's not. Sadly, Wancho no longer a shooter. Um, but no, to me, this was the story. And unfortunately, I hate to... These are the, the podcasts I, I sometimes dread to record because I don't want to sound like a broken record, but, you know, Michael Malone had a unit in to close the Golden State game that went on an incredible run yeah. that didn't see a single second in this game. And not only did they not see a single second, but you went back to the same lineup that got absolutely destroyed against the lousy Golden State team. Harrison, was that a big storyline for this one, or am I just going to the well again? No, it was a storyline because like it was a part of the fourth quarter collapse. I think yeah, for Denver sure. went to the huge lineup that it did over the last couple minutes because... 
they were getting killed on the boards in that fourth quarter. Sabonis had like that one possession where he had four offensive rebounds in a row or something. Yeah. Had eight for the game. And so they go to the eight plum- offensive boards. Yeah. Not eight boards. Eight offensive boards. Right. And so they go to the Jokic Plumley combo for rebounding. That combo has been great for Denver this year. And then they go Grant as well at the three with Torrey, with Barton to close. Yeah, I think that's your quote unquote rebounding lineup. But the problem is they're already down by so much at that point. That lineup couldn't score anyway. Couldn't bridge the gap. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, it's yeah. funny. Like he brought in that lineup to be uh, defensive, but they were down. So yeah. it, you, they weren't protecting a league a lead at that point. I, I mean, the worst part about that lineup was that uh, Mason Plumlee is a complete liability when, uh. when he's out. When you're down, and teams can just foul him, and then he makes one out of what four free throws, clutch free throws down the, yeah. the stretch. Um, it doesn't matter what he brings to you on offense. Like, he's just a complete liability. And I felt bad for Mace after the game. He kind of – I mean, he owned up to it. He said, yeah. they went to me down the stretch and I didn't deliver. It's the last time that will happen. Um, but you're right. Like, first of all, when you say he went to that lineup, he went really to that lineup really late, like when, when he brought Plumlee back in. But he moved Jeremy Grant to the three. And almost in a weird way, and I don't want to like – again, I, I feel weird talking about this <laughs> stuff and bringing it up over again, but – it's like he's finding new ways to not play in PJ. <laughs> he's like, this time I'm going to play two centers and a power forward. Um, no, but, here, but here's the thing. The Nuggets got off to that really great start in the first quarter. They hold Indiana to 15. Now, Indiana missed some shots, but I thought the defense was legit. But here's the thing. this was That, that start to that game went exactly the way Malone could have dr- drawn it up defensively, mm-hmm. and yet the Nuggets were up 21-15 to 15 at the end of that quarter. Like, you hold a team to 15 points in the first quarter, you should be up big. Instead, you have 21, and you're like, you're hanging on, you have no offensive rhythm. Yeah. I want to talk about the three-point shooting, because like, this <laughs> Nuggets team is a team that does not take a lot of threes. They're like bottom five in three-point attempts per game, and they don't hit a lot either. They're, they're bottom ten in three-point percentage. I think it's a huge problem with this team right now. Do you now. think they can't shoot the three? Do you think that they, they are... A bad, they have bad three-point shooters. I think they have a bunch of guys who are incredibly streaky, incredibly streaky. Yeah, that's probably fair. Jamal Murray, Gary Harris has not been a good three-point shooter in two years now. Neither of those guys in this um, one. Either. Will Barton has yeah, been incredibly he's streaky, streaky, he's streaky this streaky. season. Jeremy Grant streaky. Nicole yeah. Jokic streaky. Uh, so their top guys are all streaky. They're two like best three-point percentage shooters, just based only on percentage. Malik Beasley and Monte Morris, probably they're just like two best pure shooters, and those are guys who are coming off the bench, only taking a couple threes a night, maybe. Eric, coming into the season, did you think Denver is doesn't have enough shooters? Uh, no, that certainly didn't cross my mind. I I, I think I was. Uh, pretty reliant on the idea that Jamal Murray was going to make the leap to become an uh, an elite level three point shooter to sort of play to the contract that he just signed, or which I guess it hasn't clicked in yet. So maybe, right? So maybe maybe it's premature to hold him to those standards. <laughs> maybe he's waiting till next year to really uh, play to that level. But um, I didn't ever anticipate Jeremy Grant being thought of as a shooter, although he has become this season in a strange twist. Uh, Wancho, uh, I thought had. Some something to offer the NBA, which it turns out was false. Um, I, I, I just, yeah, I didn't really see it coming, but it, you know, then the worst part is that, um, I, I, I guess we don't want to talk about it. Maybe we do, but MPJ is a dead eye shooter. <laughs> oh, he was 0-2 de- tonight. Uh, oh, Three and two. nine from the field. He actually was looking pretty raggedy tonight. Like he lost the ball a lot. Like he was, uh, like getting blocked in deep, um, but all the same. Like I can't believe that at the end when we were trying to 
get back into it. You didn't go to a shooter lineup. You went to a defensive lineup when you're not defending a lead. Yeah, well, I mean, the Nuggets put themselves in that spot because they were horrendous defensively in the fourth. Like, they gave up 41 points. McDermott was just wide open in the corner one play after another. Like, Indiana kept running the same thing, so Denver would help off McDermott. Let, let's, then... save, let's save that for the next segment because there's a lot to, I think, unpack there. But I do want to stick on this three-point shooting. Like, you know, we look at, we've talked a lot about what's wrong about this Nuggets offense this year. Like, things haven't looked at – the ball doesn't get popping. I do think there is a level – of like they're not making shots and when you start making shots the defense extends but i think it's also like a, a chicken and egg thing there there these things one sort of perpetuates the other and what i mean by that is the nuggets offensive process just doesn't really is not as smooth so guys aren't as in rhythm but more than anything establish an offensive identity early in a game and i just feel like denver has the best games they have they have an offensive identity early and it just sticks and it's like the rest of the game the ball's popping and they're just moving you establish that defensive identity you've got to give like balls to the wall effort on defense for four quarters that's just so much to ask of a team yeah, what, are, what am i looking at doug mcdermott plus 20 <laughs> yeah. outscored nurkic and harris tonight so uh i guess the trade uh <laughs> gotta rethink the trade here i mean ironically enough doug mcdermott's like the exact player the nuggets need well here's the thing here's here's the thing so i actually was really looking forward to bringing up this take today and, and i'm like it's it's turned into a depressing take but i talk a lot about tory craig with Jokic and can they work and and i actually think they can when under one circumstance when Jokic is really aggressive as a scorer, which I think in the playoffs he was. He was looking to, like, attack and get to the free throw line and everything else. But you can't ask a guy to do that for 82 games. Well, I kind of almost question that take now in hindsight because Jokic was very aggressive tonight. 10 of 16. He got to the foul line 12 times, which I think is a great, great sign. He's been getting to the line a lot. He had 30 points, 10 rebounds. He had four assists and had at least, like, eight more potential assists that guys just yeah. could knock down shots. Jokic did everything he was supposed to do tonight, and it still wasn't enough. Well, you know what we were, what we got tonight was haircut Jokic. Oh. <laughs> we got haircut Jokic tonight. This man was engaged. This man was uh, playing early. He was getting other people going. He was playing with a zest. The uh, zest. And it's just sort of like, and then at the, at the end, I mean, you can explain it more clearly than I can, but he was getting cooked by uh, Sabonis and uh, whether or not that's uh, you know, because he himself is, it's the breakdown's not happening at him, but like he just he couldn't really recover and, and do anything about it. But he did play with zest, so <laughs> so so down three starters. Jokic is probably gonna have to do this for these next couple of games if like the Nuggets' offense is gonna try to get to a hundred or around a hundred. Yeah, but what's funny to me is like. I just have so little doubt that if you pair Jokic with some guys that can actually knock down shots, it's a pick-your-poison thing. I mean, tonight, yeah. you know, you could throw extra bodies at Jokic and dare Denver to shoot, and they literally did not make any shots outside of Tori and Jokic himself. But Jokic isn't generating his own threes. Those are just, like, walk-into threes or whatever. And Malone even said this after the game. Like, he was asked, were you happy with the quality of shots? And typically... Coaches are usually pretty happy, and players are pretty happy. And he even said some of them were good, some of them were not so good. Yeah, but I mean, like, I didn't think there was, like, guys chucking shots tonight. I did, that was not a problem with the team. Were there bad shots? Sure, because there was bad offensive possessions, and somebody has to take them. But right. there's not, I can't sit here in my head and think, like, oh, man, those were bad ones. There's a... There Malik Beasley sprinted down and jacked a three. I remember that being like, oh, that was out of nowhere. <laughs> yep. But you can count him on one hand. So I don't know. It's a, it's, this was a concerning night because I thought that Denver actually, other than that fourth quarter, 
Denver brought the, like, they took this game seriously. Oh, yeah. They tried to win it. Like, some nights we see them and you're like, man, they just never got it going. They had it going right from the start from an intensity and defensive standpoint, and it still didn't matter. And, again, it's just I think this team gets their energy from their offense. Well, I mean, this also – this game felt a lot like uh, just – falling victim to um, lineups, just strange lineups yeah. and like things that weren't really working together. But it, and it's also, you can get really worked up about it, um, but you can also realize like just how difficult it is to try and piece together these patchwork lineups when you have three very instrumental players that aren't, you know, you typically rely on. And now you're trying to find that type of production from other players. And maybe you get it from PJ Dozier. Maybe you get it from Monte Morris tonight. We didn't get it from either. And so Monte, I mean, Jamal being out, like I, I really felt that tonight. Who, if you could have had one player back, which of the three, who would you have picked just for this one game? Like uh, in hindsight, knowing in hindsight how it went. Like they're they're back there they're playing their best. Yes, uh, I, I I imagine you will say Millsap. I, I will take uh, Jamal. What do you think? I would take Millsap. I think any of the three actually. I know it's a cop out, but I think I, it's weird to say, but. You know, Gary could have just as easily gone over five or whatever everybody else did tonight. I mean, he could have. But I think just having one more defender in there, part of this, I give Malone a hard time for playing these Craig line, like always putting Craig out there. But if he has Gary Harris, maybe he doesn't feel like he needs a defender. He's like, okay, that's our defender or something. I don't know. I don't know. Um, let's take a break and we move back. We'll move on to other maybe more, more pleasant topics because there was some good stuff that came out of this one. It was really just that fourth quarter collapse that soured the whole thing. Yeah, talking about the Strawberry Sky from Breck strawberry Brewing Skyline. on today's show. Uh, I feel like I might have a Strawberry Sky during our post-game show <laughs> Monday night. <laughs> Tomorrow night, live post-game show from the winner's Hopefully the winner's lounge. lounge. Maybe the, maybe the losers' lounge. lounge. Yeah. Has Denver, Denver hasn't lost in Minnesota since game 82, right? I think there's only been two games. but uh, Yeah. Yeah, since game 82, yeah. Three, because they had one this year, too. So, all right. So, they're 3-0. Oh. Yeah. Keep the streak We've alive. Make been, it the winner's lounge. We've, we're also on a streak on the winner's lounge, though. So. Let's not blow it. <laughs> Keep talking uh, yeah, about Strawberry check Sky. Check out uh, Strawberry Sky from Breck Brew. Great beer from uh, any occasion. Definitely one of my favorites that they've put out uh, lately. Grab it at your local liquor store. Probably here at Blake Street Tavern, maybe. Um, or, or really anywhere uh, that you find your beers. Also, got to tell you about our friends over at Mile High Green Cross. They have award-winning products. Head down to their store and sign up for their loyalty program. When you do, you will receive 20% off of your entire purchase for one month. Or once per month. Sorry. That's right. They are hooking the DNVR fam up with 20% off of your entire purchase. This offer extends to members that are already in their loyalty program as well. All you got to do is mention DNVR. You guys know Mile High Cross. They offer a variety of CBD products. Edibles, concentrates, cartridges... Every single time you pop in, you'll get one-on-one attention from a seasoned sales associate. $99 pre-packed down to V3 hash oil. Mile High Green Cross offers also outdoor pricing. They've got hyper, so if you have no cash, no problem. From the time you walk in, from the time you walk out is only... Nine, nine min- minutes. There we go. Nine minutes, sorry. I was preparing for this next segment. <laughs> Conveniently located on 9th and Broadway, and they got parking in the back. Remember, sign up and save... Wait, did I say nine seconds? 20%. Nine, nine seconds. Oh, I said minutes. Okay. Nine minutes. Nine seconds would be even better. Yeah, guys, remember, sign up and save 20% off of your entire purchase once per month. So we're back here on the DNVR Nuggets podcast, presented by Illegal Pete's. Illegal Our place, big shout, the stir, as Eric likes to say. I like the stir. I like the stir. What can I say? I like the stir. 
Um, do you guys want to know what really sucks? The the Western Conference two through six race is just like oh, yeah. absolutely brutal. Oh yeah. I mean, this loss is not. Denver is six and four in their last ten. Not the worst. And like they lose one more game, they're going to drop down a couple. It's so ridiculous. Uh, and, and let's talk about. Well, I guess I guess we could try to go on to some of the good things. Jokic, I want to mention this tonight because I thought tonight it was more pronounced than ever before. Jokic looks freaking fantastic Ooh physically. La mm-hmm. Ooh la la. The swimsuit edition, the Jokic <laughs> swimsuit edition is coming out any anytime. The new calendar. Dude, get your 2020. The swim move edition. Ooh, the swim move. He looks great, man. Do you remember that one sequence tonight where he put Sabonis in like a crossover? And just tried to blow right by him and kind of did. No. Got to the hoop. <laughs> he, but he, he was, a, like, cr- trying to cross up, guys. They actually use a first step to get by, guys. Jokic was in his bag tonight. If he had guys that could knock down shots, this would have been, like, yeah. an all-timer. I mean, this would have been a 30, a 30 to 10 and 10. Like, he had so many great passes that just went on, you know, it's like it, it was too bad. Um, do you know the moment, though, to be a downer? Do you know the moment when I thought that the Nuggets lost this game? I do know we discussed this earlier, but I was able to suss it out, and I felt the same level of despair when it happened. You're not supposed to reference us talking before hitting the record. It's uh, wow. you're like you're breaking the fourth wall a little bit of that. Okay, Can you well, apologize? Uh, I apologize to everyone listening. I I would also like to admit that we do talk to one another when we're not <laughs> recording. So just so that's out there from here on out, so the fourth wall just is <laughs> not, it's vanished. There's no more fourth fucking wall. Well, what about you, Harrison? Because you didn't, no, we didn't I tell know, you about but this. Was it on like the fourth Doug McDermott no, open corner no, three, no. or the fifth? No, there was a play where the, you'll remember it as the Tory Craig backcourt turnover play. Oh yeah. But before that, yeah. the exact same possession, he sets a screen for Jokic, and his man jumps out on top, and you roll to the basket on that. If you think about it, at the top of the key, your defender jumps out, you go away, you like extend the distance that it would take for him to recover on that, and Jokic kind of got ready to throw him the pass. And then kind of looked at him like, what the hell, dude? Threw it to him. Then he threw it back, and it went in the backcourt. At that moment, I thought, they are going to lose. I mean, we've seen stuff like that happen before. But it was also just so indicative of what the team needed at that moment and what they were not going to get from that lineup. They needed to score. And it was like, you could just see Jokic being like, how am I supposed to score right now? This dude is wide open, and I can't give it to him. Yeah, yeah. uh, The sinking feeling that I had uh, when it was – what happened when I knew that we were going to lose was when Mason Plumlee went up for his second set of free throws. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, and then not only that, he missed, or he got one of two, and then Malone just kept rolling with them. And it was like, dude, come on. You, like, the belly, your, un, your underbelly has been exposed. Like, you got to make an adjustment here. But I thought Jeremy Grant was actually good in this game in, in parts. I thought it seemed like he had made a concerted effort to be around the basket today, which is one of my complaints about him is that he kind of floats around the perimeter. If he hits his threes, great. But if not, he's like running back on defense. He only grabbed five rebounds, so maybe it's bad that in a game it looked like he was trying to be around the rim. He didn't. It didn't actually. Well, make I think I remember the two offensive rebounds very specifically. Yeah, they were big. They were like he, loud ones. He yeah, did have a loud because uh, he came out of a crowd and like we really needed it at the time. And he had 16 points. He had a couple very nice moves in in the paint. Because I don't really think of Jeremy Grant as, like, a great moves guy. But he had a couple post-ups where I was very impressed. Like, oh, that was a really nice aggressive to the rim, go at the defender, not try to finesse around. And yeah. So I was I was actually impressed with Jeremy Grant's game tonight. Same goes for P.J. Dozier. What do you think out of, you saw P.J. Dozier, Harrison? I mean, this game was kind of similar to his Nuggets debut, I thought. Yeah, much what, more than the second game. What I love about Dozier is, like, 
He, he plays with an aggressiveness that's not what you expect from a guy who's on a two-way deal who just got called up. He plays like he's on a, a $3 million guaranteed contract. And I, I think that's something to really like about him. He, he plays confidently, and uh, he, he plays with an edge. He's always in attack mode. And I just love Dozier's potential long-term fit on this team as a backup point guard, mainly due to his length and uh, his defensive upside. I, I don't know if I'm ready to go there with him yet. Um, I, I still feel like I don't have a, a great read on, on his upside and like where he is right now. But I will agree with you, though, about – his presence like yeah he's not playing at all like a guy that's afraid to make a mistake or yeah. the moment is big and he's ner- like he just doesn't look nervous at all he looks like he's really in control he ran the pick and roll really freaking well with with mason plumley looked just like monte morris at his that's best. what i was gonna say yeah they had a couple you know lobs that looked like the monte uh, uh mason pick and roll dozier just has a great feel in the pick he's and so roll tall. like he's his, got, yeah. his height allows him some liberties in the pick and roll because you ha- he's he just can see over everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I've decided his new nickname is PJ Composure. Oh, <laughs> PJ it. Composure. And uh, when and I was actually remarking to the guy that I sit next to um, at the beginning of the game, he was given the microphone and he delivered a speech to the Pepsi Center crowd. Oh, yes, from, I'm from glad MLK. you brought this up. And he was so poised. He really, like, does not – I don't think he gets – Public speaking is, like, one of the biggest fears, the, the most common fears. Yeah, he handled that like a, like a champ. He, he handled it like a pro. And, 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 by the way, the fact that the Nuggets entrusted him to that is actually kind of surprising. Well, also, but do you think that's, that's the thing where they're like, all right, Gary, do you want to do this? No. Do you, Will, do you want to do this? No. Nicole, do you want to do this? No. And they get all the way down but, to Dozier. You know it would be awesome if, if, if they had Nicole Jokic speak for MLK? <laughs> explaining like why it was so important to observe that day pj composure got up there and he just delivered it with such poise with no rattle in his voice and um he was for good speech great speech it was it was like it wasn't just uh we're honoring martin luther king thanks for coming out he like went into it yeah yeah he was great and honestly i think there was a little bit of maybe hazing like you're talking about like do you want to do this no 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 but i think there was also like they wouldn't have done that too because i think brandon Brandon goodwin might have done that last year or i've kind of forgot maybe all all i'll say is that you know what there's something to like pj dozier had to be the face of the nuggets for 20 seconds and he freaking stuck the landing yeah yeah think about like uh, Kawhi leonard like pj dozier and i've seen a bunch of different uh you know, Nuggets players be foisted in at a position where they it didn't seem like they wanted the microphone, and they sort of like talk and like sort of are backing up the entire time. Michael the, Porter would not have done well with this. No, no, he would have licked his lips the entire time, like a <laughs> '90s R&B star. But uh, PJ Composure went up there and just knocked it dead. I, I like what I lo- a lot what I see out of him just from that standpoint. He's like, I don't think he gets nervous. Man, I like this take. PJ Composure. I can't believe I like it. it. Have you never told anybody this, have you? He I was come waiting up with for this, he I was come waiting up with for this podcast to break it out. Wow. Clearly. Right, this is yeah, DNVR Nuggets exclusive. <laughs> PJ Composure. The shirt's coming out very, very soon. I can't wait. You know what? PJ Dozier. I want to hear more from him. Yeah. Like, I want him to talk more. I, I like Go listening to, to him in his post-game press conferences. He, he's super insightful, super thoughtful. Oh, my God. I just thought of something, and you're going to laugh at me. for This is so premature, so I feel bad <laughs> saying it, but I'm going to plant the seed. You know who he kind of re- reminds me of? The way, the way that he talks and the way that he speaks to the media. A former Nuggets player? No. Oh. I don't know. You, you're giving Obama? me a big pool of people As a to basketball from. player who's very, very, very good at public speaking and leadership. Uh, I got a little Damian Lillard vibes. 
Mm. And I'm not trying to like say that he's as good of a leader as Damian Lillard. I'm just saying that like you know how Dame has this very like clear way of like he can be asked a really tri- tricky trip up. So like the opposite question. of Kawhi Leonard or Kyrie Irving. <laughs> yes, exactly. Where he's putting his foot in his mouth left and right. Yeah. Dave just always seems to understand. Like, he has a great perspective that leads to a great answer. What do you think, Eric? We're playing pop psychologist. Uh, well, I was uh, pop doctor last night. I, I have no problem. Like, I would be cool with PJ Dozier uh, babysitting my kids. <laughs> I think that he probably would do that, too. Like, he seems yeah, like, like... you would trust him with that. Uh, can we ask him? I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm the only one with kids, and I'm not going to... I'm, I'm going to go ahead and not uh, agree to this. Is there anybody He's else? He's got two siblings. Is there anybody He's probably, else? He's probably the oldest child, I would guess, right? <laughs> Malik Beasley, we have to, now we're going to go negative. We went positive, I'm going to go negative here. The lineup. To uh, be fair, we went positive for a minute. We've been negative yeah, for 35. Yeah, thank you very much. But we, we did have a little, I hope you guys were smiling because we're about to cry again. Uh, I watched The Irishman last night. I'm, I'm all negative. There's this life. Yeah, is very existential. Could you moment. crack the door for me? I, I like it. When, uh, I don't like that. Uh, so... God, you lost. Oh, no, last last game. You get a lineup that's got Jokic and Plumlee. you got mm-hmm. Michael Porter Jr. and Beasley, and Will Barton running your point. It murdered. It murdered. It felt like Denver had maybe found their lineup to close games with and maybe even their lineup to, like, close the half with and just go to, and it's in your well, it's in your pocket. Not only did we not see that lineup, we didn't see any lineup that featured, the, like, the, the great spacing around you. Like, we didn't. It would be one thing if you're like, okay, well, Monte's in there instead of so. No, we didn't see anything remotely close to that. No. Instead, what we saw were lineups that all resembled the ones that got them buried in the first quarter against Golden State, buried in the third quarter. Am I crazy here? Yeah, you are crazy. You know what the funniest part is that uh, you asked at the last post game, like, oh, well, are we going to see? Are we, are we going to see my MPJ starting? <laughs> are we going to see that lineup come out alive? You guys were like, no. I mean, you're not crazy. I'm not surprised, though. This is how how this team operates. So we should we shouldn't be surprised. Why are we we we're talking in weird ways? This is well, how that team operates by ignoring great lineups. I'm not sure. Look, I've said this before. This is a huge credit. Malone, Mark Kisla actually has a great line about him. He's not. We're not. He's not uh, dumber than we are about basketball. He's smarter than us, but he's also a lot more stubborn. And to me, this is like. There, this is a stubbornness with him, I think, about his refusal to admit that this team can win by outgunning teams. I'll play devil's advocate and say, if I'm Michael Malone, I inherited a dog shit team and got us to the second seed in the West by doing things my way. You know so what? why would I not do things my way? That I, you, I agree. Yeah. That gets you so far. You know what else happened when he inherited a dog shit team? He got a guy named Nikola Jokic. Still, I him. got. And Nik- uh, Nikola Jokic led team to second. I'm in the just West. saying you can't use that. I, I'm, look again. I think Mike Malone's a great, great coach, but he's not without fault. And he's not without criticism, and this is one that it's like we rag on Jokic having to overcome lessons. We rag on Jamal needs to make the leap. Malone needs to make the leap here, and one of the leaps here he has to make, in my opinion, is he has to get away from these crutches of "Ooh, I'm just going to throw in defense." I think. With Jokic lineups in particular, you need all guys that fit the program. And you need to maximize Jokic's minutes. When he's on the court, you need to really take advantage of that. Not give him guys that just don't have to be guarded. To me, it's not like take a little bit out of one, put it in the other. It's more like cutting a leg off of a chair. 
The Come. chair no longer serves a purpose. You know, you know what? I, I here's like a maybe there's nothing to this. I'm sure there's nothing to this, but I'm going to put it out there anyway. So Wes Ansel was up doing a lot of coaching during the game. He was actually the one like dealing with a lot of the players. I, I wonder if like some of these weird lineups we got at the end was Malone sort of um, capitulating to some ideas that maybe some uh, <laughs> like uh, other coaches because it seemed like so such a strange. I've never even seen it before. I couldn't even make heads, heads nor tails of what it is we were seeing out there. So Wes is the defensive coordinator, unofficial defensive coordinator, and Denver was getting smoked in the fourth. So I imagine what he was up and talking so much about was like, we've got to stop the bleeding. Like, but I'm saying like maybe Wes Unsell was like, like why don't we try a fully defensive lineup like this? Because I've never seen this lineup before. I'm looking for answers. Like I don't know where, where the influence I, comes I, from. I think, and so I guess this does lead us to the conversation you wanted to have about what was going on. They were grabbing a bunch of offensive rebounds in this in this one, and it, and that was a big part of why Denver couldn't get any stops. Even when they did stop and they would miss a shot, they would get a rebound, and get a second chance. But and so I think the adjustment was, well, let's just put in another big. A, yeah. Even though it's Jeremy Grant's not like a great rebounder, it's like we'll put in another big. And Plumley. And Plumley. But here's the thing. In my opinion, I have to go back and watch. I'm gonna do. I'll, I'll go back and watch this a second time and have some list uh, notes for the list. But the breakdown was happening up top. The mm-hmm. rotations were coming over, and then like the bigs were running out at McDermott, or they were trying to stop uh, Sabonis, who was getting right to the sweet spot before he could catch. Rotation comes over. Like the problem with the rebounding had to do with a problem of the breakdown, the defensive breakdown, not of like guys aren't jumping and boxing out. Well, I, my feel, I feel like that's been the same area where this team struggled defensively for largely over the last couple of years. Remember that Draymond Green quote just a couple days ago? Yeah. How Malone's the teams always rotation. had those backside rotations on point. Like, those can only work to a certain extent if your guards are just letting everybody into the paint. And yeah. for a couple of years now, that's been Denver's biggest defensive fault, I think. Yeah. Like, sure, they could use more rim protection. Sure, some of their rotations are, aren't always as crisp as they need to be. But most of all, Denver's guards have not been able to handle one-on-one penetration. They just haven't. Yeah. That's usually where the breakdown starts. That seems like where it's third the most in the fourth quarter here. Brutal, brutal one. Let's start to break. When we go on the other side, though, we can preview quickly preview tomorrow night's game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Hopefully a bounce-back game because i got to be honest with you, Harrison. I'm looking at the schedule. There's some toughies coming up, man. Yeah, we'll talk about the schedule for sure. But before we do, got to tell you guys about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft. I got some Strava Craft for the first time. Yeah, let's it. hear the testimonial. Testimonial t- tastes very good. Okay. Smells great. Tastes very good. That's good. But I'm t- this, you're going to laugh about this, Harrison. You're going to laugh. You know I have, like, uh, creaky knees. Yeah. I'm not kidding. I think I'm four days onto this already. I feel like uh, there's, like, a little... You've been decreaked? I've been decreaked. Oil can? I'm telling it's like a little oil can. Knee surgery, forget about it. Forget about it. it. Just get some Strava Craft coffee. No, I'm telling you, like, I've never taken CBD before, you know? Like, uh, I've never done the, like... Yeah, I I took some Strava Craft today myself. Did you really? I did. I don't know if it works after one. It took me a few, like... well, I took a like a pretty healthy nap on the couch afterwards. I don't know if that's. <laughs> are you guys living? Are you guys wow. living fully after drinking Strava Craft? I'm drinking that's deeply. Their, that's what they say. Drink deeply, drinking, live fully. I'm definitely drinking deeply. I'm not living fully tonight. I'll be honest. I was. <laughs> uh, yeah, twenty percent off when you use the code DNVR20 at checkout. You can also get it shipped straight to your door. I don't know if this is accurate or not, but Twitter, I have it up right now. You know how it tailors to you and your taste, but Malone is trending. So I'm guessing the people are talking about Malone tonight. <laughs> 
I wonder if there's some fire Maloners out there. Malone? Well, let's find out. Let's click on. Let's find out. Yeah, find out what they're saying. All right, so let me just read off the schedule here because this is wild. At Minnesota tomorrow night. I know the schedule's tough, but what the F with like three back-to-backs in a row? Including the hardest back-to-back of the year coming up at the end of the month. Oh, and so you got at Minnesota. I I don't know. We, maybe a win. Minnesota's not very good. They're starting to play better. Towns is back. It's back-to-back with travel. Then at Houston. Okay, that one's going to be brutal. At the Pelicans, who are getting Zion back. That'll be Zion's second game back. Yeah. And they're also brutal. just like on fire right now. Can I another, – another sad thing. Are you seeing this Pelicans team? 120 yeah. points a night, 35 assists. Ball is popping in New Don't Orleans. Don't say it. Don't the ball is popping in New it. Orleans. I'm not saying it. I'm just telling you. I'm just spitting facts out here. Yes. They have a beautiful offense to watch that is just predicated on balanced scoring. They're also like a below 500 team. So. Well, they were, terrible to, they were terrible to start, but you know what? They've worked it in, and now they're, and now they're about to go 3 0 against Denver. Then you got Houston at home. Then you've got at Memphis, and Memphis all of a sudden is playing great. They're, they're also yep. a tough team. Then you've got Utah for the first time all year. Then at Milwaukee. This is the rest of the, the month of, of January. Now, I'm not saying it will happen, but it is conceivable that Denver wouldn't win a game again. This of was the worst time. It's at least conceivable. This was the worst time in the schedule to go to down three starters. It really was. It really was, yeah. It's a like, great you would have much rather been without three starters at the very start of the season than, than right now, for sure. Jamal, though, did you see Jamal on the bench? He looked pretty good tonight. He was walking around like he was not wearing a brace. He was wearing tight pants and dress shoes. Mm. Not saying that he's, like, kind of come back, but. I mean, my initial fears about him being out a long time, like he at on least crutches like, yeah. and on like a little a little scooter thing because yeah. he can't put it down. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it'll be a long one like that. Although it is weird that Malone at practice the other day referenced Gary being much closer right. to Jamal and Hall, which when you say much closer, it means like somebody's not close at all. It's right. not like one's and one day away, one's three. It doesn't seem like Gary is like almost playing tonight. You don't think? He was declared. He was ruled out yesterday. After, shortly after that I, practice ended, I wondered if that had to do with the back-to-back and them thinking, okay, we're going to play him in one. We might as well do oh, it. Oh, so you think maybe one. Gary plays tomorrow? I don't. I mean, like I, this is pure speculation. I have no idea. But I, if one is closer than the other, to me, if he says one is closer to the other, to me that implies one's close and the rest are not. Don't, don't you think? Uh, I don't know. Maybe it means Gary's start is imminent, like tomorrow. Yeah. So that doesn't mean necessarily that, I mean, Jamal could be like two, three days away. I mean, uh, okay. I think they're going to take it very slow with Jamal. As they should. They, this, I, it, there's a three-game road trip. I think Jamal earliest probably the 26th when they get back from this road trip. That's just, again, not on information. Um, Minnesota. So not a great team, but this has been an interesting one because I think Denver has taken those Minnesota games very seriously. And I think it is. there's a little something about like, this was the scene of the crime. We're never going to lay an egg here again. That being said, Minnesota has lost five in a row. They just got Towns back two or three games ago. Um, they lost to, they've had some tough ones. They lost back-to-back games to Indiana in the same fashion Denver has. Very, very close games. How do you see this one going, Harrison? I'm going to say it's a win. I'm going to say it's a win. Because, like you said, they take these games seriously. And uh, I, there aren't many teams I like really dislike watching. I really dislike watching Minnesota this year. They just jack a bunch of threes. They I think do. like the third most attempts in the league this year and don't hit a lot of them either. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I think that there was like a little 4D chess going on tonight like with uh, Malone not trying to not tax a lot of his players too much. Like, Yeah, so well, on that topic, Jokic only played 32 minutes tonight. 
And you would think in a close game, he's usually up like 36, yeah. 37. I mean, we, Jokic, if you can just get another Jokic performance like we got tonight, and then you have one other player step up, then that, that's a victory. And then I, I could, that could very easily be an MPJ game. Oh, man, I'd love for an MPJ game against uh, Andrew Wiggins, perhaps. Uh, who else? Kata Bates-Diop, he'll, he'll be up against. Um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be an even Robert Covington, hopefully future Nugget. I know. This is like just a Robert Covington scouting game for everybody. <laughs> whole front office goes on the trip. <laughs> the whole three hats. Like, oh, curious. I'll tell you what, they looked heated today. I, don't th- I, think, I think everybody took this loss a little, like, yeah. This time of year, especially looking at the well, schedule, it's like you can't let right. any game go where you're in it. You know? And the Nuggets were in absolute control of this game for three quarters. Yeah. This was a game that looked like it was in the bag. Denver got their foot off the gas for a second. Indiana you know, caught fire and uh, ended it. Do you have the schedule in front of you? I don't, no. Okay, well, here, Eric and I are going to play a game then. We just looked at that January schedule. We don't know when guys are going to get back, but let's just, I mean... Let's say Jamal gets back, and actually, I think he might miss all of it. <laughs> There's a chance for that. How do you see this end of the month? It's brutal. All right, so Minnesota. this doesn't sound like much of a game. It just sounds like uh, we're just getting bummed That's out the about game. the. <laughs> That's the game. So Minnesota's going to be a W. Okay. At Houston, that's probably an L. But it's not on national TV. Oh, not on national TV. That's a W. Uh, the New is Orleans. A, is it really taking a W at Houston? Uh, no, it's probably an L at Houston. But like, if I, Gary Harris was back back, I, I would be a little more interested. The weirdest thing about Houston is that they're like pretty Jekyll and Hyde this year. I mean, the weird the thing about Houston is the Nuggets have played them very close this year. They yeah. won that one game, and then the second game they lost. But that was really a close game until the beginning. Yeah, of the and Sounds Houston Houston's lost like some confusing games this year also. They have weird energy Houston does. There's yes. a weird energy around Houston. Yeah, we're like uh, Westbrook will score 35 but they'll lose. And an like, efficient 35 and it's like, well, how is it his fault? Yeah. Right. So I I I'm not as when I see that Houston, I'm not as terrified just because we we kind of beat them up that one game, but then they beat us up. So you never know. Uh New Orleans though. I mean, they're not going to beat us again. Are they going to beat us again? <laughs> yes, I, I believe so. What I love about that one is it's a Friday game at New Orleans. Zion's first or second game. The crowd's going to be jacked. crowd's going to be lit. That is going to be a lit crowd. I'm so excited to see Jokic and versus Zion. And it's also Zion. the third night of a three-game road trip, man. Oh, God, you're right. I don't know, man. The, the, uh, the listening to how um, oh, which Christian talk about the atmosphere of – it's the not smoothie cake. Yeah, but uh, but he there's said a, it a pre-Zion and a post-Zion atmosphere. Well, I don't know. We're making a lot of assumptions, are we? Look, look, we kind of are, actually. If, if ever there was a place to just not care about Zion's Friday like, weekend debut, it would be New Orleans. Um, I, I just think that Denver is 1-3 in those three. I mean, maybe maybe slightly better. You get Houston at home. Maybe we can call that one a win. Memphis on the road. At least you get a day to rest off of there. So maybe that one's a win. Oh, man, we crushed Houston, or Memphis the times we played them. And then you got Utah-Milwaukee on a back to back one at home and then one on the road like that out milwaukee on a second night of a back-to-back is... yo that's disgusting and, it's, that and it's utah who's on fire right now on tnt as well oh, oh i just this is a brutal stretch you know what though this is what we love about sports we believe this nuggets team to be good we think that there are some adjustments they could make that would maybe make this team good this is good check time if they lose all of them it wouldn't be the end of the world although it probably wouldn't mean that they're not going to be the two seed but you know if they can Sometimes pressure makes diamonds, and you know Denver, especially in the Jokic era, and especially over the last two seasons, Denver has played some of their best ball in these specific type moments where it's like, oh, they got to win this many, or they got to do this or that, and they've stepped up. So right now, 
I think it looks a little a little bleak, but uh, you know we'll see. Maybe they bounce back. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I, I feel like there is something to the fact that uh, when this team is down a couple starters, I, it's not that they play better, but they play really together, and um, I, I think they play with like a us against the world type of mentality when they're down a couple guys. We saw that last year. Hopefully we get that. Yeah, this yeah. Year. I mean, they they flourished last year when they were down players. We haven't seen them flourish at all, missing players this year. Like nobody's really stepping up like you want them to. Like the, no Wancho, obviously. Yeah. Um, Vando is back on the team. Are we, are we going to see Vando play? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, now would be the time he's playing. Y- yeah, I mean, if he was going to play. This is what's sad about Vando is how weird would it be if we saw him? I mean, and not in garbage time. But can you imagine tonight if Vando checked in in the second quarter? You'd be like, wait, what? Yeah, I'd be like, equally strange if Chanchar checked in. <laughs> yeah. And I hate to say that because I liked Vando. I just, we've never gotten a chance to really see him in any capacity. And we're, it, he's not that old. He's like 21. But mm-hmm. it's, after a certain Maybe point, you're 20. Kind of, at a certain point, you kind of just kind of forget about a guy. That's, I almost feel that way about Vando. I feel like the Nuggets really missed the Malik Beasley of the other night in Golden State tonight. Oh, no doubt about it. Like, no doubt if, about, but, if a couple of those Beasley threes go in, and talking about streaky shooters, Beasley might be the streakiest of them all. <laughs> but um, if they got a couple of those to go in tonight, like, this game would have been different. Well, one way you can do it is to play a lineup that's going to get him a lot of really, really good looks. Yep. Let's get out of here. Thanks so much, everybody. All right, before we get out of here, Total Beverage is giving the DNVR fam 30% off of your purchase of $25 or more with a max discount applying up to 75 bucks. Use code DNVR2019 online or on the Total Beverage app. Total Beverage delivers to most of the metro area, from Lakewood to Boulder, from Aurora to Brighton, and they have the lowest prices in the state. Plus, they now offer CBD products from drinks to gummies. Order today and receive 30% off of your purchase of $25 or more with a max discount applying up to 75 bucks. Better yet, don't leave the comfort of your home and get delivered. Dear sports fans, elevate your game to the next level with a Toyota truck. Drive the crowd favorite Tacoma. This versatile playmaker is ready to own the weekend. Choose the tailgating MVP, the Toyota Tundra. This is one vehicle that comes up clutch. Or ride in the adventurous 4Runner, a true champion on and off the road. Whichever truck you choose, you're getting a real winner. Come join the team of champions, Toyota Trucks. Visit toyota.com to learn more or check out your local Toyota dealership today. Toyota, let's go places. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.